Welcome to another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, and we are recapping a sweet week for the Trinity Christian football team. State champions again, number nine, big win for Trinity last week, 41-23 over Champagnat Catholic, the Class 2A state championship game. Sponge, we were both there, and state title number nine for Verlin, Dormany, and the Conquerors. Yeah, uh, they uh, took care of business, did what they needed to do. It uh, was a little tight early in the game, but they kind of took control. They kind of felt, felt like uh, the whole game they were kind of in control. Obviously, Champagnat came out hot on that first drive to, you know, Get some early points, so they were behind the board. They were behind on the board uh, early, seven nothing. But then they answered right back with a big run from Trayon, and you know tied it up. And then that second quarter was kind of tight. There was an opportunity there right before the half. They hit uh, Colin hit Fred on a little skinny post that looked like he could have struck out for. Got tackled. Then they went back to him two plays later. And just didn't convert on the the play in the end zone, and then they ended up you know coming up empty, to where they could have you know took a twenty one seven lead at the half, but. Other than that, like, you know, going into the game, we were, you know, wondering what was Trinity going to do, you know, to stop this high-powered offense that they had. And then on the flip side, can this team – basically what it always comes down to, can the, the South Florida team, can they tackle Trayon and Rodgers? You know, because we knew Ross wanted to bang it. And, you know, V-Man's always been a ground-and-pound type guy when it's all said and done. You know, I know that there's been a lot of more fireworks, you know, in the last couple of years with, you know, passing the ball. But – when it comes down to it, let's run the football and play defense, and pretty much that's what they, they did. They did that, you know, and I thought it would be a closer game. 41-23 really kind of doesn't – it seems lopsided, 18-point victory, but, you know, that game got away from, from things late. Um, you know, Trinity Christian was up 28-7 in that game comfortably and, you know, kind of eased the pedal off the gas from uh, a defensive standpoint, and Champagnat was able to, to tack on some garbage time touchdowns, uh, kind of a la yeah, Jaguars exactly. yeah, that right. we've seen. Uh, before, uh, you know, in, in recent uh, – not in recent weeks because they just don't score. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, got uh, got on the board uh, a couple times and made it, you know, a close game uh, in in the late in the second half. I think they got to within 11, and you thought, maybe if Champagnat gets an onside kick and, and comes yeah, back. No, trust, but, when, over there on the sideline, it was like, you know, we're like, dude, this game's not over. I mean, he, freaky things have happened in high school yes, state championship have. games. You know, onside kicks, you know, big plays, you know, so – it's like put the, put the hand on the throat and uh, you know put it put the pedal to the metal and let's get out of here with a win you know type thing and you know obviously what helped was anytime Trinity got the ball there late they ripped off a couple big runs from Rogers and Webb I mean those guys they went crazy and after trying to tackle those guys for two two and a half quarters three quarters it's just like man I'm done I can't I don't want to tackle this guy anymore yeah and yeah that's what what Trayon and Darnell both said after the game I mean when you look at Trinity Christian. The offensive line has had injuries. They've had their moments this season where they struggled to snap the ball. Um, they, you know, they really had some struggles, and yeah, I think you saw that with Colin Hurley. His interception total rose. Um, I know there were some some injuries um, even in that Bowls game when they lost 35-0, and I think you saw the um, you know bigger defensive line take over Trinity. So um, nice to see those guys in this season just smashing everything in their way. The offensive line, you know, Trey on Webb. Absolutely punished opponents in the playoffs. Had 173 and a couple touchdowns in the title game, but just from the offensive line alone, he and Darnell Rogers both 173 in that game combined for five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, Sponge. I mean, that's demoralizing when you know the play that's coming. The guys are running the same two guys the entire game, and you can't stop them. Yeah, no, the, literally, 
I, I talked to Webb right before the game, and I said, listen, man, I was like, you know you can end this thing early by giving them some punishing runs early or breaking a big one. You know, I was like, set the tone, you know, do something. And, like, he literally ripped off where the defensive end dove at his legs right at, right at, the, right at the line of scrimmage, kind of bounced off of him, and then just ripped it right up the middle for, like, 59-yard run. It was just like, okay, yeah, these guys don't want to tackle him. They're not going to tackle him all night. So, you know, just keep giving it to him. Ross kept feeding it. Sprinkled in with a little uh, passing here and there from Colin. He had a couple. He had a couple really nice throws in that game too. He had one later in the third quarter where he hit uh, Highsmith on like a kind of a back shoulder nine ball type deal, but it got called back because of an illegal procedure. They ended up not scoring on that drive. So there was multiple opportunities to really bust the game wide open and really blow them out. But you know, mistakes here and there. You know, putting your backups in. You know, get letting other guys play. Kind of like you said, made that game a little closer. But it ended up being pretty lopsided, you know, feeling-wise the whole time. You just felt like Trinity was in control pretty much all night. Just a dominant effort. And, and Treyon, his last four games, and this was sweet validation for Treyon Webb. You know, everybody knows him from a recruiting standpoint and been committed to Georgia, been committed to Oklahoma. But he's also been injured in most of his career, you know, and yeah. in, um, in, in those injuries, even in games he's played, he's not been as effective. He's playing half strength or 30%. You know, and I think the the buzz on Trayon Webb was he is overrated as a recruit. I think he's overhyped, um, and I'm sure he heard that too. Oh, I'm sure that. he's he's oh, yeah, heard sure. that. Oh, for sure. And you know, that that's nothing but motivation for him. You know, people are you know obviously you want to try to block out that noise, and you know there's haters out there. You know there's people out but there. But you still hear that. Oh, but for you sure. You still hear that. Totally, totally. You still hear that. So you got to somehow block it out and just play your game and do what you do. And that you know that's luckily that's what he did. You know, moving forward in these playoffs, he basically blocked out the noise and basically said, y'all can't tackle me. I'm a beast. This is why I'm a four- or five-star recruit. This is why I'm one of the top players in the country. This is why I'm one of the best in Jacksonville. And he, he proved it in these last four games and really, you know, put the team on their back and said, hey, I'm, I'll am i lead you to the state championship. I'll take the pressure off Colin, and you don't have to throw it 50 times a game. We can run it. We can mix it up. And, and he did. So hats off to him for you know trying to block out that cuz it's going to just continue that's all it does now. all all every, mm-hmm. all it does is anytime you're you know a top ranked player you're always overhyped everybody thinks you're overrated you know everybody thinks you're they're better than you and all that so you just got to block it out and play your game and just you know try to keep healthy rehab and you know stay strong and you know have a big year for senior year let's go for uh, number 3 but you know i think as a kid a 15 16 year old kid you, you maybe hear that oh, and you sure. start to believe it a little bit. No doubt. Definitely. You know, I know these guys. I know these kids, you know, from all over. And a lot of times when I, you know, we deal with the, the higher ranked guys, you know, like in the 7 on 7 world, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of uh, always talked of overratedness and like, you know, you're not as good as you really think you are. And trust, these kids definitely hear that. So it's, it, it can make you go one or two ways. You can either fold to it or you can, you know, step up. And I think with Trayon, he, you know, from a, from a rating standpoint, when you're committed to Georgia or committed to Oklahoma and people hear four or five star, one of the best backs in the country, yada, yada, all that stuff, um, you know, Trayon wasn't necessarily going out and underperforming. He was yep, going yeah. out and trying to play when he's banged up, when he's coming off a broken leg or yep. you know, wrist or whatever. You know, he's had some serious injuries in his career, and soft tissue injuries, hamstrings. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff that's slow to heal, and you know, last year in the state championship game, he said, uh, you know, before I talked to him, I went out during during championship week, and Trayon said this game is very personal to me because 
last year, I, I felt like I was not a participant. I watched my friends celebrate a win, and I was happy for my friends who played well, um, Ja'Cory Jordan and Marcus Burke, and mm-hmm. became Trinity legends in the process by their uh, fourth down play to basically win a state championship over Madonna, 25-22. And I didn't do anything. Yeah. I was on the I was on the bench yeah. and, and on the crutches and watching and wishing I was out there. So this game was very personal for him, and I think – um, you know, I think the the word motivation and um, you know silence and the doubt. I think all that's kind of cliche. Yeah, I all, think that's so all that all that is coach speak and like how yeah you just you tell them that, but trust it's it's still there. It's yeah. still hanging over your head. But I do feel you know, having talked to Trey on and, and hearing how he formed his words, it was it was personal to him. He took that how that game ended last year by Trinity winning and him not contributing. Mm-hmm. He took that personal, and I think the the overrated or you know you're a bust or why is the team signing you? I mean, he and his dad hear that, and they've oh, seen yeah. that, and so I think it was personal for him. And to to be healthy, to come out in the playoffs and perform, and man, did he yeah. ever! 856 yards rushing in four playoff games on 67 carries, 10 touchdowns, um, and do the math. I mean, that's over 200 yards rushing yeah. a game, yeah. um, and no, pretty he, darn impressive. He ripped it, man, and. In the state championship game, you know, he had three carries on the first drive for 71 yards and punt, you know, polishes it off for like a 48 yard touchdown run. Um, and that just showed you that was going to be a long night for them. You can't tackle Trail Webb. If you've not seen him up close, he's a big boy. Uh, and when he gets moving, he is tough to bring down. And then, oh, by the way, you add a Darnell Rogers to the mix, who's, uh, you know, a, a quicker, kind of a scat back kind of guy. And man, he was electric. Hey, Darnell, a- Darnell is tough to tackle, too. It's, you know, you look at him and he, like, you flip side, you look at Trey on, you look at, at Darnell. You know, he's definitely a smaller, shorter back, but he's thick. He's got that low center of gravity, and he's got good. He's shifty, so you know when he hits the hole, he hits. It, he's north and south, man. So like when he hits that hole, if he gets to that second level, it's it's going to be a 10, 15, 20 yard run every time. And I mean, he he definitely later in that game, you could see some of his runs where he was just getting to that second level, and it was like a breeze, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, you throw a little thunder, lightning, whatever combination you want to call it, just split back two backs, you know, giving each other a rest here and there. And it was just ground and pound, baby. And it was it was it was uh, fun to watch. Yeah, and I think that's you know I think that's probably what Trinity wanted to do. You know, Colin has um, for for as good as Colin's been in the first half of the season, he struggled um, towards that that second half, and even in the playoffs, um, you know, freshman kid. I think he's going to be an exceptional player. Um, I think we saw flashes of his potential early on in the season. He made some good throws in the championship game, but I think Trinity wanted to to pound that ball with Trayon and Darnell. Um, control the game. And Trinity was just a bigger, more physical team than Champagnat. And, you know, Trinity won a 3A title last year, and you're playing 2A this year. Yeah. Um, and you could see on the field during warm-ups that I, I just – the size discrepancy between the teams. Um, you know, Trinity has been in those wars this year, and you lose four or five going mm-hmm. into the playoffs. And um, you're kind of questioning, you know, can we do this? Can we do that? And I uh, got a gut check against Orlando Christian Prep and the state semis. Definitely. And, um, you know, I thought they would – I thought they would have a little bit more trouble with Champagnat. Um, and it was a little slower going in the first half, but the second half is what wins Trinity these ball games because they've been in those wars against the Bulls and the Riversides and the Reigns, and they've come out against those uh, bigger teams with that experience. And you're not going to wear Trinity Christian down in a four-quarter football game if they're a 2 team. Definitely not. That, and that's a huge factor. So I knew going in when – they got bumped down to two A. That it, you know, they they should be the team to beat, and people would have trouble with them. You know, obviously they 
have been in 3A, 5A, you know, a couple years ago. So they've played up, and they obviously we talked about the schedule all year. They play bangers, so they're in those battle-tested games. So to make these games easier, and you know, like not to say Champagnat wasn't easy, but definitely, like you said, when you see the size discrepancy and you see the kind of the depth and all that, you know, you felt like this could be a game where it could be easy for you if you got things going, and, and that's kind of what happened. But you know, I, flipping it, you know, looking at if they would have been in three A, having to play like a team like Shamanade, I think they would have been in trouble this year. I, I agree. I you think know, I don't think we had the horses to run with a Shamanade team like this year. But you know, kudos that they weren't in three yeah. A because I mean, we talked about a team that they actually played in the season who got knocked out in the three uh, A was Florida High. Mm-hmm. You know, so Florida High was pretty good this year, but Shamanade's on a whole nother level. Yeah, right? this year especially. I think yeah. Trinity last year's team. Yeah, you had, exactly. You had, you had the a, veteran quarterback, the big time receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I equate that Trinity team to what Bowles was. You know, with you know the senior leadership with Davis Ellis mm-hmm. and those guys last year. When you had a burner on the outside, um, you had a veteran quarterback who could get the ball to him. Um, and Bowles didn't have that this year. Yeah. Trinity didn't, didn't have that this year. They didn't have the burners on the outside. There's no Isaiah Ford. There's no Sean Wade. Mm-hmm. There's no um, Marcus Burke out there yeah. catching passes. So um, from Billy Cobb or uh, Ja'Cory Jordan or there's four-year guys mm-hmm. there. So um, I think that Trinity going down to 2A benefited them this year. I think Chaminade Madonna was a little little too much in 3A for – I think this was Chaminade's year sure. um, in, in 3A. But Trinity Christian nonetheless got it done in 2A – um, and, you know, this story, I think the story lines out of this season for Trinity Christian were um, resilience. We talked about them losing four or five heading into the playoffs. That's not the you, – you don't want to go into the playoffs, backing into the playoffs, losing that many games. You yeah. question your confidence. You know, I talked to Keaton Thomas, and he said we, we had a, a gut check. We had to have conversations amongst ourselves to, to say, hey, we've been here. We played these tough games. We lost games. Because, and it made us better. You know, Gerard Ross said, hey, Dormany and I schedule games to lose games. Yep. You know, we schedule yep. tough games Definitely. because we want our kids to be challenged. And, you know, that's not how, you know, a, a typical coach operates. You know, they're, they're putting cupcakes on the schedule. They want some easy wins here and there. But I don't think you could look at, at Trinity Christian and say, outside of Zarephath, you know. Yeah, that, that, was, that was definitely the easiest game of the season. And, you know, you – you pack on that schedule and you say, hey, at the end of the year, it's all about getting to the state championship and winning the title. And if you're 10-4, and four, you're 10-4. and four. Great. If you're 14-0, and 0, that's awesome. That's that's one of those storybook-type seasons. But, you know, if you're not up to that caliber of being a 14-0 team and you play that hardcore schedule, then, you know, the, the goal is play that hardcore schedule, get you ready for the playoffs, you know, win the playoff games, win the state title. And then at the end when you're getting your ring – you're and not it, gonna and it worked out perfectly. I mean, it, it really worked out about as good as Trinity could have drawn it up. I mean, you you played those tough schedules. I and mean, we we're talking, I mean, Trinity's a 2A school. I mean, you look at enrollment numbers, that's tiny yeah. compared to some of these other schools, like a Riverside or, you know, that that's a big talent discrepancy, big student body discrepancy between 2A, 6A, 7A kind of schools. So um, they stepped up in competition more often than not. And, uh, and really got it done and lost those games, the Florida Highs, the Lincolns, um, and that prepared them for what they were going to see. I, if Verlin Dormy wanted the 2A playoffs to be some of the easiest competition that they saw all year, and that worked out to perfection. We saw that. Most definitely, and that's, that's basically – it's kind of the same formula when we were in 3A. You know, you're always 
Your 3A games, yeah, they might get tougher by the time you get to that quarter and semifinals. Um, but, you know, most likely the 3A competition isn't going to be even as good as when you're playing the Riversides and Reigns every year. Mm -hmm. Those guys are always playoff bound. They're always, you know, usually deep into their playoffs and their classifications. So that that's the formula. You always try to play up, play play beef on your schedule, you know, to get you ready. And more times than often, you know, they, they win a lot of those games, you know, playing up. But this year – Battle, you know, if you had a healthy Trayon Webb 100% all year, maybe you don't lose four of those games. Maybe you lose just one or two of them. So if you look at if you're looking at Trinity's 14 games on their schedule, you've got 14 opponents. Where would you put Champagnat on those 14 in terms of how tough? Where they're regular, you know, they're 10 regular season opponents or so three playoff opponents for that, and then Champagnat. Where yeah, would you I would, put them? I would put them just. Thinking off the top of my head, probably like sixth. Yeah, you I, know, you know, because I'm thinking, you know, Bowles is better than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riverside's better than them. Uh, Reigns is probably better than mm-hmm. them. Uh, American Heritage Plantation is probably better than them. That Clearwater team is probably better than them. Florida High is probably better than them. So, like, who knows? They yeah, probably they, pro- they, they probably be like way down the list. Yeah, so you're you probably know? looking at Lake City's probably better than them. Yeah, you're probably just in terms of sheer number of bodies. You know, I mean, when you're talking a six A school like. Uh, Riverside or Columbia or even, you know, for a school like Bowles and the bodies that they have, the big playmakers they have, and then you're talking Champagnat. Okay, you're talk- talking your toughest opponent, your your ultimate game of the season, final game in December, state championship game, is your seventh eighth, not yeah. toughest game of the season. Yeah, and that's, that's what that, that's, that is exactly why they play that schedule that they did to where you're, you know, state championship games, different environment, you're under the lights, TV timeouts, it's a different kind of thing. It's, you know, football coaches are creatures of habit. I've had coaches tell me this year after year after year, when you change things out of the norm, you know, it's still football, yes, but mm. the, the kind of the ancillary things on the side are what you have to worry about and what, you know, during homecoming week, it's different for players, right. you know, even though yeah, it's a football game, but you're worried about homecoming court and, stuff for sure. and what they did in the state championship game, I thought it would be, again, I thought it would be closer because state championship games are meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, when you're playing the seventh or eighth toughest opponent on your schedule in the last game of the year, I think you're prepared for that. Yeah, it's easy It's easy money for you. So you just, we like, we're ready to go. We're prepared for this. I will say the one thing, I being this is the first time I've been to a state championship where it's not been like in the Citrus Bowl or at Doak or even in Gainesville back in the day, I don't like it. Like, I know that they say, you know, you're trying to, you know, make it a smaller environment, pack the crowd up. The crowd was weak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tougher. I mean, it's a Thursday night. You got a team from Miami traveling to Tallahassee. You know, there's they had, you know, not much of a fan base there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously Trinity fans travel pretty good. Yeah, over yeah, to I the thought panel, they, but, they showed up you know, well. it's just like it, – it's just funner being in the bigger mm-hmm. stadium, even if it's empty. It's just cooler being in a, a big-time stadium. Being in a cooler locker room and all that, you know, jumbotrons and all that. So, I think they, they got to get that figured out, man. I just I don't like the like Gene Cox. We played two games there already this year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like this is a regular stadium, it's a regular high school game. You know, it's a little anticlimactic in a sense. So, definitely would like to see him get back to like last year being at Doak. That was cool. Mm-hmm. You know, you're at a college stadium. You know, this is where you want to envision yourself maybe making it to the next level and playing at. And, you know, instead you're playing your state championship game at Gene Cox or Daytona Municipal Stadium, you know, it's just kind of, it's lame. Yeah. So, like, FHSA, they got to fix that. Yeah, and, you know, the Georgia championships are up in the dome. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I get that for sure. And, 
you know, I think they, you know, FHA has really kind of gone differently, a different direction with a lot of the sports. And I don't know if it's revenue wise. I don't know. You know, with volleyball, I mean, it used to have the state championships and semifinals at the Lakeland Center, and it was mm-hmm. a really cool environment. The semifinals were down there, the final four games. Now those are campus games. You know, it just doesn't, it, it just kind of loses a little cachet when you're doing that, I think. I think to, you know, the final four round, you can't do it at a, a semifinal game for football, but you could do it. Um, you know, semifinal games for other sports, like basketball. They do basketball at the Lakeland Center, right. and it's cool to have the semifinal games there. And you can watch in the stands. You know, it's a cavernous place. It feels like you're actually doing something and out of your realm. Um, and, and with football, you, you would you – know, having been to those games, I mean, going to a state championship at Dolphin Stadium in 2005 right. yeah. when East and St. Augustine played and then watching some of the other teams play – there's no crowds there. Yeah, you know it, that's one. That's one of the, obviously the biggest problems we have for like state of Florida high school football games because you look at like we said the Georgia high school playoffs. Don't even talk about Texas. You know, it's just bananas. So you're like, why can't we get a little bit of that support in Florida where we've got some of the best high school football in yeah. the country? You know, it's, a, it's it's like one of the, it's it's always been a problem and it's always been an issue. But you know, you'd love to see not necessarily a packed out. You know. Pro player or Citrus Bowl or mm-hmm. you know, Gainesville or Doke, you know you 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 want to you want to have as much fans as you can there, but it's I think more so for like we said the environment of just being in a cool place instead of playing at just like a traditional high school stadium. Yeah, and you know, and and when you go back, I look back when Reigns played in the state championship game a few years ago down um, at the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, and you've got Booker T down there or a Coco down there, and those fans, I think it was the Thursday night game too, seven o'clock. You know, and it was just a a better environment there because more people traveled. Granted, they're bigger schools, um, you know, but Miami fans travel. And Champagne, yeah, it's a tiny school. Yeah, it, it's a tiny school, and then like you just said, Booker T traveling up from Miami just to hit, you know, to I four to, to mm-hmm. Orlando is a lot easier to drive than ninety five or seventy five to I ten yes. west. You know, so like that's just it's like seven eight hour drive for it. If any other school, you know, luckily the you know the bigger classifications are going to be in Fort Lauderdale, but that'd be the same case if like Niceville made it to the state championship mm-hmm. and have to travel from the Panhandle to Miami. Orlando or, really is yeah. the central most definitely central location. Orlando is is definitely ideal. So hopefully they'll get a deal back with them just so they can have that game be central for all teams to be able to travel well and then just be in a cooler place. You know, yeah. I mean, Gene Cox is nice and oh, it's a nice place for sure. It's a yeah, nice state, nice great field turf and all that, but. It's, you know, just it's just not yeah. state championship nice, right? You know, it's. I mean, they try to do fireworks and stuff. That was cool and all, but I mean, it's like you know. Yeah, and, then, and I thought it, you know I thought the environment was you know a Thursday night football game and that, that's you know Miami. Thing, that's the other thing too. You know, it's just like you know games traditionally, obviously Friday night lights, but you know they they space it out to where they do one game a night. So there's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday game. You know, I'd almost rather see them do a Friday night and then do two Saturdays like they, they used to. They used to, to do with, like the 10 in the morning games, with, yeah, you know? Yeah, they would do three games in one day mm-hmm. almost. So, I mean, you don't necessarily have to do that, but, you know, an afternoon game and a night game, you know. But, like I say, we're not making those decisions. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the venue really is – I think the venue kind of really sweetens the pot. What, what is – I don't even know what the venue is down south this year in Fort Drive Lauderdale. Drive Pink Stadium. Never seen it. Yeah, I have, to, I have to look it up and see what kind of capacity it's, and what. Yeah, kind it's of... just it's just different, and I think you know I think kids would would um you know I think they'd rather they'd want to win a state championship anywhere, but I think the experience, a game day experience, playing at a college field, playing at an NFL field, or even you know not even a college football field, a college 
um, you know, the bounce house or something yeah. like that. Down yeah, there. no, that, that that that's another ideal place. That's a you know that'd be a cool spot. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I know I've heard him talking about UCF, so you know that'd be a cool place because it's a smaller setting, not too small, but you know you get that college yep. game day atmosphere with the cool locker rooms and you know all that, and they got jumbotrons, so definitely they need to get that. Orlando, come on, Orlando, yeah, I get think, back in Orlando. I think that's the I think that's a key. Orlando is is central. You know, the, probably the most central look part of the state where Miami teams can access it uh, somewhat easily. Tallahassee teams can access it somewhat easily. You know, you're you're going too extreme. You know, you're talking Fort Lauderdale and maybe a Panhandle team has to come down there. That's a long heck yeah, man. There's no real <laughs> there's no way, there's no way to get yeah, there. There's no there. easy way for that. Um, so that man, what a cool season it has been. You know, and, and also we talk about resilience. You know, Trinity went in after the the losing skid. Verlin Dormany back on the sidelines for his ninth state championship. He had a, a kind of a scary incident at his house um, right around Thanksgiving, passed out um, in, in the middle of the night and when he was up up from bed and landed to hit his face on the floor and uh, suffered a pretty big injury to his neck and had some uh, some bleeding problems and, you know, ended up wound up in the, the hospital bed. And, and he spoke about those after the game. So if, if you're talking about a coach – not being a part of his team on the sideline. I mean, you, you, Corky Rogers, I think, is unquestionably number one. When he left, there was really a seismic hole. But, I, you know, Verlin has been at Trinity for 31 years, and not having him on the sideline for those two games in a coaching capacity was different. It was hard. You know, you look at the tweets and social media for V-Man. He embodies Trinity. You can't talk about Trinity Christian without mentioning Verlin Dormany in the same mm-hmm. sentence, just like Bulls and yeah. uh, with Corky. So to see him back on the sideline, a little bit more subdued, I think, um, you know, still recovering from stuff and, um, you know, no soaking him with the, the water cooler after the game. So um, it was really cool to see his comeback story in this game. Um, you know, I think age, perspective, health issues especially, um, really kind of put that into perspective a little bit. And, you know, you, you don't say one championship's better than the other. You know, my seventh one was better than my third one or whatever. Right. But I think this one, number nine, was different for him in the way that, you know, the team overcame things, the Trayon Webb overcame things, mm-hmm. um, you don't, you know, his injuries, the team lost four or five, and Verlin's health injuries, yeah, health issues at the end, really, I think, put in perspective how sweet and important and special this championship number one, nine really was. Yeah, definitely, you know, uh, obviously you can't rank all your state championships, but this one definitely has some important meaning, meaningfulness, you know. Uh, obviously, you know, losing some games, him being, you know, un- getting the bad health scares, you know, all that you know, counts up and mounts up and you, you know, it's just sweet, sweet victory in the end where, you know, you can say, all right, we got everything done. We're, we're, we won. I'm, I'm healthy now. You know, we're going on. And like I say, it just, I think it's a, uh, it's number nine. You know, it's crazy. I was looking at a stat where somebody had all the top state championships in the state. St. Thomas is on top with 12. They're probably going to get number 13 this week. Then you got Bowles and UC tied and out Trinity. of Trinity. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, hmm, can V Man pass St. Thomas Aquinas? If we stay in 2A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, that's a lot. That's, yeah. I've, kid, I've kidded him about, uh, you know, he would need to average a certain amount of wins per year to have a shot at catching Corky. And by around 82, he would have that number. <laughs> and he is, uh, he has laughed hysterically when I've told him that. So, you know, there's a coach up in South Carolina who coached. Forever into his nineties, um, you know, and, and he's not there anymore. And 
um, the national leader in wins, and I, I've kidded Verlin about that. So um, I don't think we'll see Verlin coaching on the sidelines when he's uh, in his 80s. Yeah. Um, but I think I do think getting to that uh, that Corky Rogers number of 10 state championships is certainly doable. That could come as early as next year. Yeah. Um, and you know, Verlin wants no part of being compared to Corky. He knows where he stands in the pecking order of that, even after the game. Uh, the other night, he said, don't even mention me in the same sentence with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's uh, nostalgia and, and everything, but you look at histor- historical perspective. I mean, Verlin came along and you know was tagging along at Corky's football practice when he was a young coach watching, and um, he just knows how important Corky was to him as a coach and what he stands for in high school football. But, you know, Verlin, he's continuing to climb that ladder, 300 career wins now. Only the seventh coach in history to do it. Nine state championships, um, more than anybody in the state other than Corky. Uh, so I think that would be pretty sweet to, to for him to tie that and uh, maybe even break it. Yeah, no, I, like I say, I think if uh, – I don't know when they do the next reclassification deal, but, I mean, you got to think they're odds-on favor to win 2A next year mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, Colin coming back as a, a sophomore, having a whole another year under his belt as a starter – and you still got Webb and Rogers, so you had a receiver or two, and then you know a defense needs some help though. It de- loses a lot. Defense does lose a lot, you know. So that, but you know, if if you can outscore everybody, you, can, you know, win the shootouts. Like again, it's two A, so I feel like two A that they should be right back in the same situation or close to, depending on the schedule, how much you beef it up. You have the similar type of year where you, you know, play a tough schedule and lose three to four games, maybe so. Because I know they're going to play people. I know they're going to pack on the schedule again. So I could see, uh, yeah, I could see him uh, winning another one or two, three if he wants to. As long as V Man wants to keep doing it, I could see him. Yeah, and still he's, winning. he's he's sixty four now, and um, you know, Corky coached into his early seventies. Um, Berlin seems to be in in good health and uh, good mindset and spirits, and you know, that's something I think he could he could get to. Um, they're Titles are not easy to win, even in 2A. No. Um, you know, Trinity nearly lost in the state semifinal games to exactly. Orlando Christian uh, Prep. And how, that, they might not even been there. And then OCP gets to the state title game and Champignot wins by 30. You yes. know, and you're just like, dude. Yeah, so, I mean, nothing is guaranteed. <laughs> I think Trinity is Definitely is uh, a pretty good pick to win 2A again should it stay there. And uh, I do think Verlon Dormany will, will catch Corky at some point, be it next year or the year after. Um, I think at this point it's just a matter of health and um, how long he wants to, exactly. to continue want, doing it. Want to. I yeah, the want to is, yeah. is big there. I think he's got a pretty much a blank check to, uh, to call it a career when he wants to uh, at Trinity Christian for all he's done. But 31 years at the same place, pretty remarkable to do that for Coach Dormany. Okay, let's uh, – End on uh, end on a basketball note. We've got a lot of basketball going on. We unveiled our Super Six rankings last week for the boys and girls side. The girls, St. Augustine Yellow Jackets, at number one in our Super Six, and the Jackson boys, number one in our Super Six basketball rankings. We wrapped up the Fortegra High School nine twelve championships last week at FSCJ with Fleming Island. Man, they have been a good story this year. They're eight and zero. Benny McDuffie. 12 points in the championship game as they beat Nice 59-31. Golden Eagles off to a great start, 8-0, and just not slowing down at all. They were in our Super 6 rankings at number 6 last week. Look for them to climb. And uh, Sponge and I are going to come back to you. This is kind of a recap 
of uh, that championship game and, and kind of what all went into that. But next week we're going to come to you uh, with a kind of a breakdown on our players of the year and, and some players and moments that we thought were the best ones. So kind of a recap of that fall sports high school football season and the other sports. But it has been a fun one, Sponge. Our football season officially in the books. Over, baby. Officially in the books. Thanks for listening. Justin Barney and Sponge Franklin wrapping up another edition of Varsity. <laughs>